everyone. Ella here with a quick announcement. We'll be taking a summer break during the month of July, so no new episodes starting the last Monday in June on until August. With one exception, keep an eye out for a bonus episode and more exciting announcements on Monday, July 3rd. With that said, I'll turn you back over to We Three Nerds. I haven't taken my medication in ages. No one can count as high as that dose is. We didn't have to count for medication back in the day. We just took some cocaine and laid on down and went to sleep. It was legal back then. Back in my day, when we had imaginary friends, we'd just get prescribed some heroin. <laughs> Tell you what, they went away just like that. Or multiplied. Or multiplied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doug, I don't think this is working. <laughs> Still seeing ghosts? Mr. Cordy brought friends. <laughs> We've come from afar, bringing tales from before. Old dragons drink bourbon, but we three drink more. Welcome back to Dragons Drink Bourbon. I'm Ella. I'm Jeremiah Bretholomew Grantham. No, I'm, I'm Cletus, actually. <laughs> this guy is Miles. <sighs> My brain went blank. Well, that's bad because you're the one with the prepared information. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Right in front of her. Right. <laughs> but I'm not, we're not at that part yet. What are we drinking? <laughs> <laughs> we are drinking H.W. Harper. I.W. Harper. Oh, well, I can't see it because it's way over yonder way. Yonder way? Here, let me, let me. There you go. Tilt that baby. If you're listening at home, don't actually tilt babies. That's not how you do that. I'm so glad we disclaimed that. <laughs> Got to. Today, we're drinking I.W. Hopper. And uh, to describe it off the top of my head, I would just say... Mm-hmm. It gives an offering of richness in taste and history only the I.W. Harper brand can provide. I.W. Harper Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey is refined bourbon, perfect for all life special moments, including bat mitzvahs mm. or circumcisions. Our unique offering, not the circumcision, begins with a subtle nose while leaving traces of caramel and vanilla on entry before melting into creamy bursts of wood and spice. The finish is sweet and pleasant with subtle fruit notes. Please enjoy responsibly. New formula releases in 2015. No, wait, that, I guess I don't have to read the rest of that. I mean, think of the rest of that That's since right. I was coming up off the top of my head. Good what good uh, description off the top of your head, I would like to say. We remind me of those like really awkward sponsored brand moments, like in reality shows. <laughs> Shop at Home Depot because that's where home is. <laughs> <laughs> we aren't getting paid for this. Uh, we really aren't, though. No, no, we really aren't. So, Home Depot, sponsor us. Oh, we should pour our drinks, though. <laughs> Make the noise. It's in, oh. It's oh, that's no. You got to give it to me. Uh, uh-uh, give it's it to me. Pop. You didn't do it right. Yep, she she, she's right. a witch. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. It's, it's really she's slippery. It just slid right out of the hole. Oh, it was weak. It's the witch. She she messed it up. 
There we go. That's better. Beautiful. The pop sound effects. <laughs> That's why we need that soundboard we've been investing in. Mm -mm -mm. Stage Generation X! It's like spicy vanilla. Right? Kind of blends with like some, like a taste of wood. Like a wood chippy vanilla. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which reminds me of a smoked old fashioned. This would be very good good in one of those. Well. It's been storming all day here, and even though I stayed up late last night to pick out a story, and then I felt, like, really confident and at ease with it, I thought it would be an absolute waste of natural ambiance if I didn't do something spooky instead. She's a witch. And on that note, I have no idea how the potential storm sounds may or may not show up over our mics. Well, it's been, it's not storming now, but it's been bipolar all day. Oh, yeah. Luckily, I think it's pretty much over for the most part. Lightning. Yeah. yeah. So. But we'll see how it goes because it's been this clear and sunny earlier and then went right because back it's to. It's been one week since you looked at me. That's all I had to contribute to. <laughs> I, I, I know. Like, <laughs> one note. Not even the right one. So, I'm not going to go too deep into details. Because I don't want to spoil it if you know it. I want, like, wheels to turn. So oh, I know I'm it. trying to keep it, like, light. Pinocchio. Geppetto. <clears throat> I got something to say. I built a wooden boy today. Do you I'm think he was a pedo? You think, you think that guy was a pedo when he was like, I don't want to go to jail, so I'm going to make my own wooden boy. Put a G in front of my name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll just leave it to you guys. Clever. Yeah. Clever. Yeah. Geppetto. Uh. We're on to something. Yeah, nope, everybody nope. in the town knew what was going We're on. We're going to get off yep. of that something. Yep. <laughs> like a pedo over there building oh a my God. wooden boy. <laughs> oh, it's actually Geppetto now. <laughs> you ain't fooling nobody. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> February... 1989, Georgia. The Wyrick family buys their first house in a small town. Ellerslie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Correct. Did you say 1989? Mm-hmm. I was three. Yeah. No, four. Math. I was time traveler. I didn't exist. What a world. <laughs> she was a witch. She was Asshole. doing witch stuff. <laughs> What a world! What a world! (laughs) So they bought their first house in a small town, Ellerslie, hoping for a fresh start in a safe place. It was a ranch-style home in a town of about 3,000 people. It's quaint, perfect for the Wyricks to raise their family. Three-year-old Heidi Wyrick plays outside, speaking animatedly to the empty air. She plays with her invisible friend, an elderly man, Named Mr. Gordy, who dresses in a proper suit and tie and and wears shiny black shoes and the occasional top hat. Get some friends your age. (laughs) Even though they're imaginary, it's like, oh, I'm going to be friends with this old man with a goiter. Right. I don't even know his name. I'm just going to call him Mr. Goiter. Mr. Goiter. Kids. I mean, take time to get to know the man first if you're going to make him up and be his friend. (laughs) Instead of, like, making a name based on his physical ailment. 
that you gave him. Right. <laughs> hey, Goody, Mr. Goody. Going to go over here and talk to Lispy. I love how we just assume Rude. everything. She hadn't even got two sentences in. Because we know what's going on. These are the characters in Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I'm sorry. They would play together in her room or on the swings in the yard. It was like peaceful kid stuff. Heidi and Mr. Gordy are always together, and while on a walk around the neighborhood one day, Heidi's mother Lisa even catches her reaching up and leaving her hand floating in the air as if to hold someone else's. If her mother asked, Heidi would explain quite simply that she held Mr. Gordy's hand. And while odd, Lisa chalked all of this up to the imaginary friend, something to cope with the stress of their move. Heidi also claimed that Gordy said that there was money buried somewhere in their backyard. I think I've heard this before. I I don't remember anything about it, but I do think I've heard this before. Parents Lisa and Andy did not dig up their backyard to investigate, so that little tidbit goes nowhere. (laughs) Then I have not heard this before. (laughs) We got real excited about pirate treasure for a hot second, and then they were like, oh. Yeah. I know where the story's going. Lisa would set a plate for Heidi's friend, though, in an effort to be supportive of her daughter's imagination. Mm. So, uneaten food, wasted. I think Mr. Gordy is a detective, and he's dead, but he doesn't know that he's dead. Until Heidi tells him she can see dead people, mm. and, and he realizes that he's dead then. Like that M. Night Shyamalakadam movie. So, unfortunately, before going to that movie, my brain went to Detective Pikachu. <laughs> oh. And I was like, Ryan Reynolds is in this? No, I wrote these notes. He's not in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, imaginary friends are understood to be, like, a pretty healthy and normal thing in our, like, more modern times. Healthline.com even suggests that it could help a child with superior social cognition, more sociability in general, boosted creativity, better coping strategies, and increased emotional understanding. Oh, but if I have multiple personalities, I have to get on medication. Right. That is very different, sir, and yes. Also helps with quiet time so parents can just relax. So so people can get together in a group every Sunday and talk to their imaginary friend that they share. But I can't have imaginary friends without being on medication? The medication's supposed to help them go away. I don't want them to. Then I would be so lonely. You have Arthur. Yeah, I know. He likes them, too. Oh. I was going to say maybe us, but we'll just stick with Arthur. (laughs) (laughs) My brain was like, a dog is way more comforting than I am. (laughs) The two actual human beings who... Our friends. Speak the same language as <laughs> right. you. But having the imaginary friend or dog can also help a child <laughs> overcome loneliness and even explore different roles and relationships and like fantasy play. So like playing house with your imaginary <clears throat> friend, you're like exploring all of that in your mind. Girls are more likely, like Heidi, to have an imaginary friend on the whole. And older research... Have act- an imaginary friend on the whole? Like in general... Okay. Oh, W H O L E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Thought you meant H O L E. No, they like yeah. actual friends on the whole. Oh, gotcha. Usually, gotcha. Yeah. Or at least toys. Yes, yes. Okay. Usually. Most 
boring imaginary friend. We're talking just, about vaginas. I know you okay. are. Or booty holes with the freaky. My brain went to like a golf course and I'm like, this is boring ass imaginary friend just like waiting for you on the 18th. <laughs> Sometimes I forget how pure of, uh, pure of mind you are. <laughs> I know. We were talking about yeah, that earlier. Exactly. Because we instantly just go to just horrible, horrible places and you're like, Maybe they're talking about golf. Well, we're also talking about children. Maybe so my brain games. is like, let's go put all of that away. Well, I mean, like, well, kids we were grow talking up. about Geppetto earlier. Oh. So. <laughs> oh, I was thinking like they grow up. And like <laughs> girls, you call like women are technically still girls, and you call them girls. But I was on a date with a girl. You don't mean like a child. You mean like a young I mean, woman. Ideally, yes. <laughs> Well, okay. Ninety nine percent of society <laughs> does not mean a child. A child. Let's try this again. Girls are more likely to have an imaginary friend, and older research suggests that twenty eight percent of kids have an invisible friend between not the friend, but the kids are between the ages of five and twelve. For a parent like Lisa, playing along can actually be kind of beneficial. And as her own doctor at the time explained, most kids grow out of it in their own time anyway. Their 40s, yeah. Except, one day, after the doorbell rings, Heidi approaches it to find a man named Khan on the other side. His Khan! <laughs> also a red flag, because it could just be C-O-N, and he's just an ex-Khan, just <laughs> at her front door. Well, his t-shirt is sticky with blood. Oh, yeah, he probably is an ex-con then. Makes sense. There is a bloody bandage wrapped around <laughs> his hand. Like, Excuse me, sir, what's your name? It's, uh, 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 con. <laughs> Convict. Yeah, yeah, convict. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> Connor. 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 Connor, yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> so Heidi notices the injury, first and foremost... So she's panicking, and she goes to run to her mom for help. And then her mother panics because all she's thinking is there's a strange man trying to lure her daughter outside to kidnap her. Mm. So and he's apparently already been stabbed. Well, his, his hand's bandaged. Or has done stabbing. <laughs> yeah. But she she goes to the doorstep and she doesn't see anybody. So she immediately rushes Heidi further inside, locks all the doors, and she arms herself with a butcher knife from the kitchen. To and stab him again. Lisa called her husband Andy and waited for him to arrive home. Where's he been the whole time? I guess with Ollie. Work. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Just at his job providing. <laughs> Andy searches the entire neighborhood with Lisa after he gets home, and they're trying to find someone who fits Khan's description. Pause. We left the kids unattended to go search. Well, she shoved them deeper into the house. Well, they might have had a neighbor come over or something. Oh, what? Oh, neighbor. Neighbor. But they don't find anybody. Like, nobody fits this description. Nobody's heard of anybody. No one's seen someone like that. And small town, it would stick out. Lisa fears that Khan and Gordy were actually, like, the same person, even though there are discrepancies in how Heidi describes them both. That's where my head went. Mm. Did he have a goiter? <laughs> no. Yeah. She's Andy. just been calling him Gordy, but his name's been Khan the whole time. <laughs> well, she, because it's Mr. Gordy, so she thinks the first name's Khan. Uh, 
So she's trying to, she's asking around, she's trying to see if anybody knows who this is and trying to figure out what his intentions are. Like, is he trying to hurt her family? Yes. Um, so like her concern wasn't somebody showed up bloody like Heidi's. It was like, what if it's somebody else's blood or something like that? Like it, it's parent concerns. It's a small town. Things like this don't happen. Maybury. Yes. One day. 1989. Lisa oversleeps and she wakes in a hurry to get ready for the day. After a quick shower, she returns to check on Heidi and grab her blow dryer. The room, however, was like unusually cold. And Lisa asks Heidi if she also feels cold, but Heidi just stares over her mother's shoulder, distracted. And Heidi mentioned that there's a man standing behind her mother. So Lisa freezes. Mm-mm. Without turning, she asked her daughter if the man was Mr. Gordy. And Heidi said, no, this man was dark all over, and Mr. Gordy wasn't. Racist. Knew that was coming up. No, mama, this man's a beep. (laughs) Heidi did not raise you that way. Can you imagine, like, an adorable little three-year-old girl, like, nah, Mr. Gordy's a cracker. (laughs) Maybe she spent some time on the streets, you know. It's rough out there. In rural 1989 <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> they have things going on, you know. You may see somebody jaywalking out there. It's dangerous on these streets. Why, just in the 1800s, my daughter, Ben Julia, who was our ancestor of Heidi, you see. These are my descendants. The old, whatever that last name is, family. (laughs) (laughs) There's been some marrying and courtship going on, so I don't know. I don't fully know. We're from Alabama. We didn't intermarry enough to keep track of the last names. Our family tree did not fork, you see. It was just a straight line. So the the last names was was very easy to remember. But now, people marrying other other families and stuff. <laughs> We're not used it's to It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Even other colors sometimes. The colors and shapes and everything. It's just. I declare. I do declare. Other shapes. Because of Philip married a pentagon. <laughs> Shades and shapes and sizes. A chartreuse pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I keep trying to like, I'm like, I'm going to make this so spooky. I'm going to get them. And then you guys are like, funny jokes. It's like, I don't know why I thought this would work. <laughs> oh, I think it's fine. Great. Swimmingly. I think it's going swimmingly. Tangent aside. So Lisa asked Heidi if she felt cold. Heidi was distracted staring over her shoulder and said that she saw a man standing behind her mother. So Lisa still hasn't turned around. She asked if it's Mr. Gordy, and Heidi says, no, this man's dark all over. And Lisa presses her for more details, asking if Heidi has seen this man before. And Heidi says, yes, but he seems to like the parents' bedroom because that's where she's seen him before, is going into their bedroom. So Lisa finally turns, and there's empty air behind her. No man. So she reports Con Gordy to the police at this point, but nothing comes up. As it turns out, Lisa's sister Joyce buys the house next door. She hears the names Con and Gordy from Lisa, and the next part goes one or two ways because I found conflicting versions. Do tell. 
either Joyce recognized one of those names immediately and then she pulls out a deed to her home as proof. One of the former owners, James S. Gordy. Mm. Or alternatively, Joyce gets in contact with the real estate agent who looked up the information and the history on previous homeowners. Joyce is able to get in contact with a previous owner, Kelly, who identifies James Gordy, same name, as the owner before herself. So either way, they're not, yeah. they're not really conflicting. It's the no. same the same it's result. It's how, how she gets the information. <clears throat> yeah, but it's the same result. Yeah. They still put, pulled the same information. Yeah. So. I think the real estate agent one makes more sense. I think the deed thing might have been like a theatrical retelling kind yeah. of version. Yeah. But an icy chill runs through Lisa, and she's just in shock. James S. Gordy was real. And she happened to know that that former owner of the home, like him and his wife, they've been long gone, as in dead. Yeah, deceased. To confirm this fact, Lisa called up, it was either Kelly or, again, conflicting, Catherine Ledford, another former owner. Catherine verified that Mr. Gordy had died in 1974, 15 years earlier. She knew him as a child, and he owned a local real estate company in Columbus and served the Ellison Methodist Church as like a – it was either as like a a deacon kind of thing or a Sunday school superintendent. Catherine or Kelly didn't have photographs of Mr. Gordy, but her description matched Heidi's. Gray hair, always in a suit and tie, shiny black shoes – Catherine brought other photos over to the family as their investigation continued. At the bottom of the pile, Heidi spotted a familiar face, pointed it out. I know who this is. Con is actually Lon Con, nickname, mm-hmm. Bachelor, Catherine's Uncle Lon. Uncle Lon lived among the gaggle of homes as well. Cancer took his life in 1957, but... When he was still young, about 20 years old, he lost his hand in the local cotton gin. So she's confirmed the real-life existence of two of her imaginary friends. This was the last bit of evidence that Lisa needed. Heidi wasn't at risk of kidnapping, nor was she conjuring up the company of imaginary friends. The people she saw were real, but dead. They were also dead. So this is either the best time to become a wine-happy mama or, like, the worst time to become a wine-happy mama. Either way, Lisa's probably a bit freaked out at this point. I thought you were going to say she's probably a bitch. I was like, (laughs) I mean, I'd be scared, too. I'd be scared, too. How dare you worry about your children? (laughs) I don't know what either of you would do at this point. Move. Nothing. We don't play that. Accept it. I'd honestly be like, that's really cool. <laughs> what else do you see? Oh, the whole town's about to die. Awesome. My child's kind of <laughs> like a messiah. <laughs> she can speak to dead things. It's time for us to move. Well, I actually kind of like what uh, Lisa does next, which is she's honest with Heidi. And she tells her, Mr. Gordy is not alive. He's been dead for quite some time. And Heidi's like, uh, yeah. Well... Heidi responds immediately and asks to see his grave. Mm. So she wants to visit his grave. Smart. So three-year-old girl. 
Well, if he's so dead, Mama, let me see his grave. And when they get there. They get to the grave and she goes, I got something to say. (laughs) I'm dancing on Gordy's grave. No. (laughs) I may be three years old, but I ain't no motherfucking idiot, Mama. (laughs) Well, they get there and to add on like some little extra creepy factor. Heidi's three. She can't read. She finds his tombstone. Without any trouble. She was just drawn to it. She was doing this. Yeah. Used her arms as like divine. <laughs> no, she was holding yeah. Mr. Gordy's hand. Because remember she said yeah, she, she said yeah. something. And as a positive note, Jesus Christ. That's um, not very positive. <laughs> even bloody. Uh, positive. HIV. <laughs> That's positive. After I say bloody. <laughs> That's what I was like, too soon. <sighs> even Ooh. even bloody uh, Uncle Lon, like, they're they're both benevolent. Like, he looked alarming, but neither of them do anything to harm her. They're just kind of playmates, especially Mr. Gordy, who stays around her. Just bloody the whole time. I, it didn't say. I hope not. <laughs> Probably. Khan always wakes her up, like, it's like 7 on, 7 a.m. on Sunday, and he's like... Oh, God, my head! <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's already gone. I'm dead. Look, I can grow it back. <laughs> hey, let's go play over. Ooh, drop some blood on you. Sorry. <laughs> he lost his hand in an accident. But he died years and years after that of cancer. Mm-hmm. And his ghost still has to be in the bloody moment of the hand loss? You, If you're going to go back younger, can't you just be pre-hand loss? Why is that not an option for you? He didn't know all that. I thought we were supposed to get perfect bodies. <laughs> <clears throat> well, the parents don't really know what to do at this point, but they adopt a dog in an attempt to distract and comfort Heidi, who isn't really that upset. Anyway, she's not scared at all, so she's fine. She takes all this like a champ. I'm three years old and I don't give a damn. (laughs) Mama, can you make me some sweet tea? (laughs) The sweeter the better, I always say. (laughs) I need a couple extra. There are more dead people out here. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta share my dead homies. But Heidi loved her pup and she names him Wolf. Uh, but he did make a habit of staring off into corners or down hallways only to start barking or growling at no one, Mm-mm. which, you know, every homeowner loves Time for and parent. <laughs> but this made the parents uncomfortable. But before they could do anything about it, the dog escaped from the yard and was unfortunately never found. So, yeah, that didn't really work to comfort Heidi. <laughs> um <laughs> Awkward laughter. I just feel bad for her. Her dog's gone. <laughs> the dog's dead? No, he, he ran away, though, oh. and they never found him. So he probably got hit by a car. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Or maybe he was just such a good dog that someone so stole she's, him. She, this is all a prelude to Pet Cemetery. Basically. You caught me. <laughs> Other strange things happened in the family's home. Objects moved on their own, like doors and cabinets, opening and closing, things like that. So do y'all think that stories of ghosts originated because parents were fucking? Of course. And and then they were like, oh, no, we just have ghosts in our house. Because, I mean, the bed was creaking. They were moaning and mm-hmm. banging. And like they're like, no, we just have ghosts. 
You better just stay in bed. Don't come out. You they might, won't. They won't. They won't get they, you if you stay in your room. Yeah. And that's why they hide under their covers. Yes, because they're <laughs> you like come out and you'll see something you don't want to see. <laughs> I mean, you'll you'll they'll, they'll get you. I don't know because, like, my impression is that in times past, parents didn't really care if they kids knew. Like, it's just they made it awkward no. for everybody. It was like. Yeah, we're on a picnic. Your mom's really hot. Uh, don't go over in those bushes because we're gonna fuck, and I know you don't want to see it. Now people were more like morally like repressed. I mean, no, not morally repressed. Well, it depends They're what like time period we're talking about. Yeah, are we talking about medieval time periods where you got a penis cake and your fucking relatives sat outside your wedding chamber to hear you fuck for the first time? Because <laughs> like that wasn't very morally repressed. I was thinking more like eighteen hundreds. Yeah, that's fair. Like any between, but I'm thinking origin. I'm eight, thinking eight, ghost origins are going to be further back than the 1800s. I'm thinking, well, yeah, but yeah. I mean, like it carries on because you learn, yeah. like, oh, if I just say this, then my kids won't get out of bed at night. Like, yeah, oh, fair enough. You know, ghosts so, sound like this when they're like, <laughs> going through the the walls. That's how they get through the walls. So if you ever hear that, just be very careful. You might hear some moaning. That's what ghosts do. They jimmy rig up doors to close by themselves to support the lie. (laughs) There may be some buzzing going on. (laughs) That's a ghost. What? Ghosts really like to scream, stick it in my ass! (laughs) So. That's how they, that's, you know, that's how they try to find their way to the next world. I don't know what they're talking about. in your room. Spread it wider. (laughs) Spread spread the opening to the next portal, to the next world wider. No, they're talking about the portal to heaven. (laughs) Ghosts are fat. Ghosts are real fat. And the portal is real skinny. (laughs) Oh, you hearing people yelling for more men in your house? You got ghosts. Yeah, my daddy came over to help you. Your mama put them ghosts away. That's funny because my daddy went over there to help too. (laughs) My daddy went over there to help too. <laughs> that boy eats cigarettes. That last one. That oh last God. one, he eats cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, my eight, daddy went over there too. It's the 1800s. We're allowed to smoke when we're in elementary school. I'm sorry, we call it primary school. Right now. <laughs> Not back then, back now. Back now, we call it primary school. <laughs> and then you're going to have that one kid that goes, that's really weird. The ghosts in my house just say daddy a lot. <laughs> Oh, it's true. It's true. Oh, God. Which is another thing the ghosts say. Yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> because they're on their way to heaven. So. Okay. Oh, God. Ella looks <laughs> done. <laughs> That's that. I'm cutting all of this. Look. Mm. I, I have to. No one will know what story we're telling. <laughs> talking about how ghosts get to heaven with Pinocchio and. Heidi. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. So, back to the swamps of Louisiana. (laughs) (laughs) Back to Mint Julep Star. So, on top of doors opening and closing, um, one day, Heidi had, like, a a flesh and blood playmate over, like a real real human child, (laughs) and not an old dead man. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Nisa saw a chair pull out and flip over without anyone having touched it. So I don't know if there was like a tantrum because Heidi was like 
not playing, playing with Neil? Yeah, I have no idea, but that's what happened. <laughs> Lisa also heard voices speaking over her bed some nights, whispering about her or saying her name. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi would continue to interact with benevolent spirits James Gordy and Lon Bouchler. Belchler. Belcher. Yeah, sure. Bob's uncle. Over the next four years. In 1993, Lisa is pregnant with her second child. Or <laughs> She's married. Who says it's her husband? It's married. It's been four years since they moved and like seven years since the last kid. I don't like it. Women should just be so, at home. So, so Heidi's 10 now. Uh, no, three kids. and then four years later, she should right. be about seven. It ain't more. Seven or eight. This is when Heidi spots a new figure, a dark outline in the hallway. And her nonchalance at the sight of her pals Gordy and Khan are nowhere to be found. Heidi cries, hysterical, and she seeks Lisa's comfort. Heidi calls the figure bad and simply the dark figure. It would appear like a shadow in her room. It had no face or any, like, discernible features. Heidi claimed it made the room colder and had even pulled her hair while playing once. The time that her hair was pulled, she ran to Lisa crying as well. (laughs) They'll do it, man. I'm telling you, the ghosts. Heidi ran crying to Lisa once about this hair pulling and even pinching. Oh, we made God angry. (laughs) Good for us! I thought the horror story sounds would be a backdrop to my cool story and not to my despair. (laughs) (laughs) You're not sad enough here. So if you can hear that in the background, we've got some thunder in the background. So Thunder aside, Lisa had her sister Joyce come over armed on the off chance that a person had actually broken into their home and like the hair pulling was not a supernatural thing. But, as with all the other times, they found no one. Mm. Lisa did seek a pastor's advice for these strange occurrences, claiming that she suspected ghosts. But, the pastor pulled something similar to Ella's own family when she was younger and responded, Burn your house down and move, my child. Worse. (laughs) Ghosts aren't real. But demons are. That's what kids want to hear. Well, or the parent of a child being haunted, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's what you want to be able to tell your kid. Like, okay, well, I talked to the pastor. He told me to tell you it's probably just a demon, <laughs> not a ghost, okay? So there's nothing to be worried about. <laughs> Literally. Except your mortal soul. All right, sleep well. My mother did this to me. Oh. She was like, well, I don't believe in ghosts. Oh? God said there's only and I was like, if you have to pick one, why did you pick Lucifer over Casper? Why would you make that choice? I don't understand. Watch Casper the friendly ghost. I can't wait to be friends. Oh, no, baby. He's a demon. There are no such things as ghosts. <laughs> Only demons. <laughs> Rolls her eyes backwards as she says it. And then... You guys have seen it. I get shivers up my spine. Mm. And it used to happen a lot more frequently when I was a kid. And my uncle said to me, well, this is my mother's twin brother, so so this Mm. checks out. Okay. But he goes, well, you know, they say it's your guardian angel, like, passing through you when you get a shiver like that. I was like, oh. 
I'm like eight years old, and I'm like, that's beautiful. My guardian angel's watching out for me. He's so close by. He goes, but it happens a lot to you, so it's probably demons. (laughs) I was eight, and he was serious. Teardrops. So I'm just saying I feel for Lisa as a mother, and I feel for Heidi, and that pastor's jerk. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Most holy men are. Mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm. I'm sure uh, some of you have already thought, move. Oh, yeah. Oh, Miles mentioned times. it. From move, leave, mm-hmm. stupid house, burn it down. If you think that there's a reason to move, remember that Heidi is the only one seeing these things. And leave if it's her. a gift that she has, it's curse. not necessarily tied to the house. It's a curse. Leave her. So moving <laughs> might not help. That's true, but also she sees... Mr. Gordy, which was their neighbor. Yes. So. But there's nothing, I think part of the parents' logic was what if we move and there's just other things there that only Heidi can see. Hey, baby, mommy and daddy love you. Do you, you see stay any, here? Any oh, my God. In this house. Abandonment is what you recommend. Mommy and daddy going to move. You can stay here with Mr. Gordy and Mr. Toity and Mr. Boydy and Miss whoever you, you see. You know, they can take care of you. We love you, but we got to go. We can't deal with all this. It's well, too much. and also consider that the humble family had just bought their first home, and homes are expensive, and so is moving and finding new jobs when you move, etc. It was so easy back then. Just find a factory. You can't preach from a place of privilege. Moving isn't an option for everybody. Back then it was. Now, no. Back then, you just find a. Oh, rock quandary or factory. <laughs> in the early in 1990s. Well, 93 at this point. Oh, yeah, 93 at this point. Absolutely. That's why I think that's when Choking Victim dropped their album. 70s, 80s, and <laughs> early 90s. Oh, I'm alive at this point. I'm a year old. <laughs> There's a lot of factories. And then the thing. world went to shit. Damn witches. <laughs> Possessed demon girls. Not Heidi, just Ella. Just Ella. (laughs) Two weeks later, Heidi emerges from an encounter with their newest invisible visitor with deep gashes on her face. Lisa runs to her child, terrified and confused. She wants to know what, what caused these injuries. But Andy shrugs it off and convinces her that the wounds must have been like an accidental mishap, like Heidi scratched her face in her sleep. The fuck is Andy? Her dad. Her dad. Oh. The working dad who works all the time. <laughs> the fuck is he? The hell has he been this whole time? <laughs> That's what I said he, at the beginning, but apparently he, he keeps just going works. to work. <laughs> anyway, shit happens. That's Andy's conclusion. And now Lisa believes the same. <laughs> so two nights pass after uh, Andy Wyrick declares with Lisa that their child just scratched herself in her sleep. Mm. So their last name is Wyrick. Wyrick. Andy awakes in the middle of the night to searing pain, a burning sensation around his side. When he examines himself in the light, he finds three claw marks. Mm -mm. Heidi speaks up then, blaming the dark figure for both of their injuries. Haunting of Connecticut. Can he let us sleep? In Georgia. They they did that. They called it Haunting in Connecticut 2. Georgia something. (laughs) It was the dumbest... And it was based off of this story. It was the dumbest shit. We'll talk, we'll talk about it later. 
No, like that's, that's a real hilarious. thing. That's it's a real hilarious. thing. I was being stupid. That's fucking hilarious. So but so smart. were they. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it on purpose. They did not. <laughs> we presume. The Wyricks can't ignore these assaults, but they hardly know who they can call to help. So, anyway, family's kind of, you know, getting a little stressed. But during this... I forgot there was an ice cube in Heidi's new baby brother, Jordan, is born on February 3rd, 1994. Uh-oh. That same year, Lisa and Andy visit parapsychologist Dr. Roll. Dr. Roll tested Heidi, presenting lots of photographs to see if she could identify her friend, the real James Gordy. So she's already identified Con, but she's never identified Gordy in a photograph. Mm. So this is the second photograph test that she's had, but this time it's a professional. Uh, Heidi did this without difficulty or hesitation. Like mm-hmm. She was immediately able to pick him out first try. Him. <laughs> but Dr. Roll still declared that he believed that she was suffering from delusions or hallucinations. So this didn't really help either in the end. Mm. The media gets a hold of the story, and this causes a lot of unwanted attention for a family that's already struggling to exist in peace. Heidi, of course, was extra troubled by all of this. And here's a friendly reminder from your storyteller. Leave children alone. Mm-hmm. If you're a reporter, just leave the kid alone. The kid's just trying to be a kid. Find the kid help. Maybe not Dr. Roll. And <laughs> leave the kid alone. <laughs> Anywho. The youngest child, Jordan, also began speaking to invisible preferences. Presences? Presidents. Presidents, yes. Presidents of the United States. They hey, had songs Mr. back in 94. <laughs> they did. Yeah. Move into the country, gonna eat a lot of peaches. Move into the country, gonna eat me a lot of peaches. Move into peaches. Peaches for me. Peaches come from a can. They were put there by a man in a factory downtown. If I had my little way, I'd eat peaches every day. Some soaking bulges in the shade. Now I'm just thinking of Pitch Perfect. Millions of peaches. I like the kitty song. Kitty in my foot and I want to touch it. Kitty at my foot and I want to touch it. I haven't heard that song in ages. All right. We're done with our sing-along. Sorry. Cool. I got a nice little nap in. We're soothing. We're as soothing as menthol. I'd smoke us. Dragons smoke themselves and drink bourbon. The youngest child, Jordan, also began speaking to invisible presences when he was about three years old. His main friend was a friendly little girl, but the word friendly didn't really mean much to their mother, Lisa, anymore, understandably. Well, the family reached out once more to Dr. Roll, though I don't know why, because it sounded mean. Probably probably the only doctor in the town. He's a parapsychologist. So so he jumps out of airplanes? (laughs) Yes. He jumps out of airplanes while... Psychology. Yes. That's wild, dude. All right. On the count of three, <laughs> we're going to face our fears. 
And you're going to tell me why you feel inadequate. One, two, three. I think you have father issues. Bold strategy. He seemed convinced this time around that a sixth sense ran in the family. So he went to the kids hallucinating to, oh, I think all of y'all are a little bit psychic. (laughs) Um, But he called on his networking resources, sending a well-known psychic to the Wyrick home. Hey, y'all, it's me, Miss Clarabelle, the well-known psychic Ellerslie. You turned into Herbert from Family Guy. There's a Snickers in my pocket. Stop. Get your fat ass back here. (laughs) Anyway, this woman, while in the home, immediately identified Jordan's little friend, Heidi's pal, Mr. Gordy, and three additional dark spirits. Y'all don't see them? They're right over there in the corner. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Right there. Mr. Gordy felt to this woman like a caretaker, specifically. One of these three uh, dark spirits she sensed was faceless Mm. and lingered around Heidi. So, uh, not great. Caretaker is all I'm seeing. Protective. That's one of them. Yeah. But the best way to approach a diagnosis is to get a second opinion. So the family calls up another psychic. They have them come in. It says they came in blind, but at this point, like, they're already the subject of a media circus, so I'm not sure how true that can be. Right. But this new woman also identifies three demonic entities in their home as she moves through the different rooms. I, too, see three figures. One was trying its hardest to take up permanent residence in Jordan's room. A second was actively trying to attach itself to Heidi, but there was a good spirit fighting it off. Mm. Now, the psychic did not identify the good spirit, but the family assumed that this was Gordy. Gordy. Of course. Gordy. Couldn't be the dark spirit. It's got to be Gordy helping her. Y'all can't see it, so how do y'all know? Mm. There's a dark spirit trying to take Heidi's money. (laughs) There's a dark spirit over there trying to lower Heidi's credit score. What's that about? So the third demon or demonic entity traveled the same thing. Misunderstood entity. The third one traveled a bit more and they went between the living room and the wall over the parents' bed. So... They got more details. Okay. I can't say it was more comforting. So the second psychic also elaborated to identify a portal in the family's living room, right there in the fireplace, between the spirit world and the real world. Demonic entities who utilize that portal portal. would Mm. not want to leave. And in fact, everything that came through was sticking around, like like the, the nasty bits of sticker glue. When you buy, like, a new cup and you can never get it off the bottom of the cup. And then just, like, little dirt and lint sticks to it because you couldn't get the whole stupid sticker. Why do they use those stickers? Alcohol gets it off. Yeah. Every time. I don't don't ever have alcohol available, so. Just use alcohol. Use rubbing alcohol or vodka. I'm not going to waste vodka. (laughs) Vodka's terrible. Vodka's for homeless people and sorority chicks. I guess I'm homeless then. Anyway. There wasn't much left to do but to call the church. Again. 
Feeling helpless, Lisa and Andy begged for assistance from their own pastor, hoping that a cleansing would rid them of evil spirits. This is the same pastor who said there are not ghosts, only demons, by the way. He'll help. The pastor came, and the pastor went, but the spirits remained. He found that portal, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. One night, a sick feeling in Heidi's gut awoke her in bed. She's pregnant. She's seven. What's the mom's name? No, it's 94. Heidi is the child. Lisa is the mom. No, it's 94. She's eight. Um, I thought it was the mom. I'm going to get her name right eventually. One night, a sick feeling in Heidi's gut awoke her. A dark presence filled the air at the end of her bed. Heidi screamed out, calling for her parents. Parents! Lisa and Andy sped down the hall, frantic, only to find their child being held up by her feet, away from the bed, and upside down above the floor. She playing games. She's just playing games. I told you not to drink soda before bed! (laughs) I ain't buying you no more Nintendos! (laughs) No more Nintendo on school nights for you! Gonna be floating upside down in front of your bed. Have you been playing Atari again? (laughs) All that ping and pong going back and forth. That's what's got you floating in the air like that. It was 1989, 1990, you know. We've gone to Nintendo, but maybe they were poor. It was Ellerslie. But this last terrifying event was the last straw. The Wyricks flee their home. And leave their daughter behind. They sell it. No, they take her. They Uh sell the house. I don't know who wants to buy it. Uh, I don't know if this white is... White folks, for sure. Definitely. Well, they were white. I must they investigate. That should... It took, how long did it take them to investigate? Because I heard years go by. <laughs> they, years. Well, they were just like, well, they're friendly imaginary well, dead people. there's dead people in here. I guess we'll stay. <laughs> the whole family's not seeing them, so we can't move yet. Also keep in mind, um, two of them being scratched was not the last straw. And some of the things I found that said that it was multiple nights that Andy kept getting scratched in different places. And another one said it was like around his side and his face to match Heidi's face scratches. I don't know. Mm. But uh, that wasn't the last straw. This is fine. But yeah, um, Mm -mm. this took place about 12 minutes from where we now sit. Oh yeah. yeah! Oh no! Yeah. I know where. I know where. Just over in Harris County, it's in um. El- 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 is El- the El- house Lee. still there? Yeah. Cool. I'm pretty sure. Can we go look at it? I don't. Uh, people uh, live there. You, people live there. Excuse yeah. you. Can y'all go look at it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant the royal we, as in me and uh, my yeah. other personality. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, um, I'm not inviting that even to my life. I will. I mm-hmm. think Heidi still don't lives locally. I think her father Andy passed. Um, he was pretty young. He was like 45. Mm-mm. That sucks, but um, not from the haunting. I think it was just not Heidi's the... gonna be a listener one day, and she's gonna be like, "These people are fucking terrible." Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Sorry, little baby. I couldn't find better friends to do this <laughs> with. <laughs> so she got a lot of attention because of this. Some positive, some negative attention so you obviously got people that are like you know you can't help anybody you don't say shit you're scamming people and then people who 100 percent believe her mm. so like and there's not a lot in between um but according to her she still sees stuff all the time and you can tell when something mm. is dark because of the feeling that you get from it and um that was like pretty much it 
And I, uh, I don't know. That's it. That's the story? That's the story. It was I spooky today. I had fun today. with that one. It was spooky today, so I thought a spooky story. And so we did a ghost story. Well, I, I enjoyed it. I, for one, am just glad that there was finally a story about the South in there. I'm just glad Georgia finally got some shine. Georgia! I mean, it might have been negative shine a little bit. Georgia! The there, were, there were demons. There were some <laughs> demons in there, but uh, we finally got some some justice for mint julep in there. I like that. I was gonna I was gonna ask you guys if you ever had imaginary friends at some point and I totally forgot to. Yeah, when I was little I had two. Yeah. I was popular, so no. I don't, I don't think I ever I did. don't know where I came up with their names from, but they were always together and their names were Jeanne and Puka. They were ethnic. I like it. Okay, okay. And they I will say um, obviously like there's books and stuff now and honest, like I can see why people say like, well, you capitalized on, well, at that point, yeah, make your money. Yeah. I think Heidi's like a, she's in the medical field now. like, she's mm. married and has kids. Like she's moved on, but I, I'm so torn on that. Like as being dismissive of whether or not it happened, because like, if you could make some easy money talking about something that just happened to you, like you just have to write down. Wouldn't you do it? Oh, for sure. It depends. So, like, I I don't know. I could see it either way. Um, it's one of the ones that creeps me out. Hey, you got to hustle your hustle. If, you if hustling falls into your lap, then do it. Mm. But Heidi did have quite a few people reach out to her saying, like, I experienced this. Can you help me? And then that's when people were like, well, you're scamming them or tricking them or mm. feeding delusions or, you know, whatever it is. But uh, I don't know. I think that's why I I think there are plenty of things in this world we can't explain. I will say, like, I I would never know. I think that there is enough room in things we don't understand for psychics to be real. I would never know which one of them is the charlatan and which one's telling the truth. So I'm just going to assume that, like, I have to take everything with a grain of salt. Well, that's like any time you hear a story about ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, anything, like yeah. anything supernatural yeah. or cryptid, you you got to take yeah. it with a grain of salt because you don't know those people. Mm-hmm. But there's certain people that I'll trust, but at the same time, while they're telling their story, I'm like, but was there a window open or did yeah. the air conditioner kick on? Like, Yeah, I know I've experienced things I can't explain, but even if I said, like, 100% it wasn't a human thing it wasn't a wind like a gust of wind it's not scientifically explainable by anything that we understand I still not like ghost is just a word I can put to it at that point but I'm still not going to pretend I understand it right and like if anybody else is gonna the idea of someone coming to you with a concrete answer is the thing that makes it suspicious to me I don't think Heidi ever claimed, like, I totally understand this. It's just, like, I see things other people don't see, and I've learned to live with it. Mm -hmm. To me, that sounds more credible than, I see and I understand the spirit world, and that'll be $45 for me to tell you that. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I'm going to, that's going to be more suspicious, but also, if you have a gift that other people don't have, I don't blame you for wanting to make a career out of it. (laughs) Well, and if what you said was, like, spot on Mm -hmm. with people reaching out to her it's not like she's got like i don't know if she does or not but if she doesn't have her own website where she's like actively encouraging people to reach out yeah that's a little more like right people came to her she didn't go looking for yeah no she's like got look commercials like hey call me for both call miss cleo (laughs) that's what i was thinking yeah 
But yeah, I just, uh, I do find ghost stories super interesting. I am never here to say it is false or it is not, but we do stories and legends, and I think it's kind of a local legend at this point. I love cryptids and ghosts and aliens and shit like that. Whether they're real or not, I don't care. Bigfoot's like one of my favorite fucking things. Yeah. Um, Enlarged foot is what he likes to go by now. Uh, Any lessons that you pulled from this, Miles? Cletus does not have any. I don't learn lessons. I I create them for other people. That's fair. Knowing you, I can say that. That's pretty accurate. Um, I learned to just move whenever you see something happen in your house and (laughs) you can't explain it. It's time to move. And not like years and years down the road, like, oh, that's just the old creepy window that keeps opening and shutting all loud in the middle of the night. No. The second that happens, it's like, Mm, it's time to move. And especially if you have a family member, young or old, who's like, oh, that's just old Mr. Jenkins with the gorda on his neck who likes to come. Uh-uh. Leaves them in the house and move. They can be there with Mr. Jenkins and Mr. Gorda and everybody else. <laughs> Smiles an advocate for childhood abandonment. Hey, when it's warranted. Not fitting a stereotype at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> I'm offended I walked right into that one. <laughs> Never leave old mint julep behind. Can't take the risk that the child be the one that's haunted, not in the house. There you yeah. go. Can't be bringing that one. I did, I did hate that explanation in the Conjuring movie. Obviously, fiction, it's a movie, but they described the haunting. It's like when you get gum on the bottom of your shoe. It sticks so with it you. So it doesn't matter. Like the, the haunting came yeah, from the so house, the but then it away. became gum. <laughs> Then you cut your feet off if yeah. you have to. <laughs> leave the shoes in the house. And you move on to another house and get some new shoes. <laughs> Preferably some J's. There you go. I ain't never heard about no J's being haunted. I guess the, the note I want to end on is the fun fact. And I say fun because I don't think it's fun. Is there's a theory amongst my loved ones and friends that I'm haunted. Because I'm not sensitive. Bye. Leave Ella behind, y'all. My my bedroom door, like every day, just goes <laughs> occasionally. Yeah, and I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> like I like we're the gentle. definition of white people. <laughs> I mean, well, well I've started talking to it. I'm like, I'm not fucking scared of you. You can live here too. I don't fucking care. Like I don't. I really don't. So, our lesson is don't be haunted. You're welcome. Dragons drink bourbon and sometimes tell ghost stories. And Smith facts and truth. Bye. Bye. The bourbon's been drunk and the dragons are slain. If you want someone to go ghost hunting, spirit hunting, spirit chasing, ghost chasing, you've got the wrong individual. (laughs) I will leave that to the people who enjoy that. I will not do. I'm pretty sure we're going to a local high school. It's supposed to be haunted. Nope. Enjoy. (laughs) 
Hopefully you make it back. Don't bring anything back with you. That's all I got to say. Original music by Maria Vincent and art by Something by LP. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ddb.podcast. You may also email us at dragonsdrinkbourbon at gmail.com. He looks like a big old toad.